We've all heard it before. It's who you know. Welcome to Social Capital, a weekly podcast that dives into social relationships and why the investment you put into them is so important. Your host, Lori Hyben, will connect with industry-leading professionals and dive into their networking experiences and expert advice. Hey, everybody. Lori Hybe here. Welcome to the Social Capital Podcast. Our show notes are found at socialcapitalpodcast.com. To you, the listener, I want you to know that I appreciate you, and I'm thrilled to have you here for another episode. If there's ever anything that I can do to support you, please reach out. That being said, LinkedIn is the channel you're going to find me on. Just search for Lori Hybe. You can simply click the follow button as I post daily information about marketing strategy, tips, all podcast episodes, and upcoming events. If you'd like to connect, make sure to send a note with your connection request that references Social Capital. I can't wait to hear from you. Social Capital Podcast is sponsored by Keystone Click, a strategic digital marketing agency that believes in order to successfully market to your ideal customer, you have to first understand your customer. Learn more at keystoneclick.com. Today's guest is Chris Ward. Chris is creating a movement where your business supports your life instead of consuming it. Chris is the founder of the win the hour, win the day philosophy. After the loss of her husband, Chris returned full-time to her work as a marketing strategist. She has relieved that her business had not only survived her absence, but was growing. That's amazing. Now, Chris has completely changed the landscape for entrepreneurs by sharing the successful practices that allowed her absence. Chris has shared the stage with Jack Canfield, Chicken Soup for the Soul, Kevin Harrington, Original Shark from Shark Tank, James Malinchek, I think I said that right, ABC's Secret Millionaire, Sharon Lutschker, Rich Dad, Poor Dad um, co-author, and Joe Thiesman, NFL All-Star and commentator, just to name a few. Goodness, Chris, fascinating. She's also... Feature, she's also been featured on award-winning podcasts, radio, and TV shows. Um, she's an acclaimed podcaster. You can hear her own show, Win the Hour, Win the Day, where she has engaging conversations with dynamic guests covering a variety of business topics so you can get to your next win now. Chris, welcome to the show. Well, thank you. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to have you. Quite the impressive background and um, some amazing lineup of individuals that you've shared the stage with. So cool. Thanks. Do you want to share a little bit um, about your philosophy? Actually, the win the hour, win the day philosophy. Let's talk about that. Yeah. So you covered it in the intro. And, you know, what I would tell you is uh, the first couple of years I worked in business, I worked insane hours. And my husband was always saying that, you know what, I was always stealing from sleep. He says, you're getting up earlier, earlier, staying later and later. And it was about the two-year mark that I was sat down and told I was losing some of my charm. Apparently, if you're being exhausted all the time, it makes you edgy, right? Mm -hmm. So I literally went from working 16 hours a day down to six, and that did not happen overnight. But to move the story forward, it was really pivotal. And luckily, I did that because it was a couple of years after that, that my husband was diagnosed with colon cancer. And I had been pulled away from the business for about two years. And when I returned after his passing, my existing clients, the business community, local business community, nobody knew. It was not how we navigated his journey. We were very positive in nature. And so people were just shocked. And they said, like, how could we have not known? And if you could be away and we didn't know, then my clients started saying to me, well, maybe you could help us 
stop missing times with, you know, friends and family and our kids soccer game and all this stuff. And so I started to work with them under that capacity and it really just took off. And then I realized that the people I worked best with, or I think really needed me the most were people that look good on paper. They've been in business five years, you know, five plus years, you, you, you're out in social media, you look good. You've got a lot of things working, but you're still working too many hours at this point in your journey. And so as my clients tell me all the time in the winter circle that they all say they get 25 hours back a week within the first month of working with us. So it's really that your business should support your life, not consume it. Oh, I love that. And I think a lot of our listeners are going to be interested in everything you have to share. Um, how about you answer a couple of questions around just the team? Because I, I know a lot of entrepreneurs are probably experiencing challenges with that. And we keep thinking we have to add more team in order to keep growing. But what do you think is the biggest mistake that most people make when building their team? Oh, there's so many. Oh my gosh, I get I'm really passionate about this. So I think <laughs> I think first of all, you know, we live in a magical time and the resources are just so affordable and so endless. And you could have exceptional talent. Like in the winter circle part of our package, we will find you, you know, a VA and help you hire on board and train them. Because I would say to most people, two things, just two really big mistakes. One is they'll say, okay, I need a VA and, you know, and they maybe go to an agency. I've had clients do that. And in the agency, A, it's a lot more expensive than working with us, but B, you could be an amazing, you know, VA. And then somebody pairs you with someone. Let me give you an example like this. It's kind of like, let's say, Lori, I sent you a chef to work with you and your family. And I'm like, this is a world-renowned chef, world-renowned. And you are so lucky to have this chef. And I send them to your home. And you're like, Chris, uh, this is a French cuisine chef. And my kids are all about chicken nuggets. <laughs> this is not going to work, right? Yep, yep. So what I'm saying is that you can have an exception. You can find somebody extremely affordable and exceptionally talented. But when you're just running around, you know, pivoting all the time and you're not set up and you're not ready, you're not going to be able to keep them. And that's one of the biggest mistakes is they're like, oh, well, this didn't work. It didn't last. Yeah, because you're not set up, right? So that's a big part of what we do. The other thing I would say is so many people think about, you know, what, what they experience as a team, the hierarchical thing when they worked in a, any kind of corporation, you know, any in the, anywhere in the world, bigger companies. And what I would say to that is, Think about it like this. You, you you also tend to think of, you know, the it's almost like a very, it's a very parentified system, you know, that working with a team in, in a bigger company. And then what I would say is it's really it, the idea of culture. People tend to think, oh, when you have a bigger company, 50, 500 people, you have to think about culture. So one of the things we talk a lot about in team building and really implement quite effectively is having a, a really amazing, uplifting, productive culture when you have one, two, or three people on a team. Because think about it like this, Lori. If you were, say, on an ocean liner, like there's 500 guests on that, 500 passengers, and something happened to that ship, maybe there's only 100 or 200 people or 75 people that are highly useful and they're going to be able to deal with that crisis if you know, whatever. Whatever the crisis is, the boat's going down. But if you're in a rowboat with two other people, you want to make sure this is one heck of a team because mm -hmm. if there's a hole in that boat, that's it, right? So yep. I think 
culture is a big thing and creating leadership and strength and making them little CEOs of their own departments instead of making them task, you know, masters throwing tasks at them and just having them try to keep up in a, you know, panic pace. That's you know, several of the things that people do wrong. Yeah, I can, I can see that for sure. Um, what are some of the biggest, I guess, what's the biggest myth about building that team? Well, I, I hope this is gone by now, but sometimes people still think, you know what, a, it's not affordable. I mean, you can get exceptional talent for, you know, five, six US dollars an hour. It's unbelievable. The world is just, we're, we're just working in such a lucky time. Right. Mm -hmm. So there's that. And then there is this idea that it's a lot of work to train them and to do all this stuff. And I don't have time for that, or it's, or it's easier to do it myself, or they won't care like I do. Right. So that's a very short-sighted, really, frankly, I would call sufferpreneur philosophy. Mm -hmm. Um, so what I would say to you is, you know, like, for example, we had a situation where two years ago, right before Christmas, somebody on my team got an opportunity. She's in the Philippines and she got an opportunity to go to school in Canada. So she, and this was when we we're still coming out of the chaos of the lockdowns and stuff. So she had applied years before and, and now was given two weeks notice that she was accepted. So two weeks before Christmas, one of our team members, we only have, you know, we have four now that's a, one quarter of our team is leaving and she was a social media manager. So we found someone hired on board them. Kazel, who was leaving trained Mora. And because of our super toolkits and our efficiency and our setup by January 5th, Mora was up to 80% capacity. We never missed a beat. Right. So the idea of it's all this upfront work or it's too much time or, you know, you're always going to be like just the headache of it all. That's just there if you don't have effective systems and strategies and what, you know, our super toolkits is, is a big part of that. And they're like, my clients tell me like systems and processes on steroids because. Yep most people push back on systems and processes because they're used to them again in the corporate world because they're not written by the end user. They're static in nature. They're just there to cover liability. And then you think, well, I want to have a business to have freedom and have ideas, right? So we have these super toolkits that allow you to accelerate all your ambitions really quickly. Uh, so yeah, so it's thinking that it's a lot of upfront heavy work. That's not the case. Yeah, I... I... I'm a big believer in systems and processes, and I, it's something that it took me a while because, you know, it, as you scale your team, um, those become more and more important. And, you know, if you're just two or three people, you you kind of think that, oh, it's fine. We don't need this. But the reality is, as you mentioned, you you have changeover in, in staff and then um, scalability. It only makes sense. And I would say that's one thing that if I were to start over from scratch at the very beginning, I would focus on those systems and processes for sure. Yeah. And you bring up a really powerful point is that when you have one or two people, or even just your, if you're still a solopreneur and you think, oh, I don't need systems and processes. I do this every day, but you know, I won't bore you with all these studies and how the brain works and stuff. But what I would tell you is you're using up a lot of hard drive in your brain, remembering, even if you do remember, science shows us that if you have to remember seven things, even if you do it every day, you will often forget one or two and those one or two will rotate and then you use extra brain power. What, what's the other step? So that is why at three o'clock in the afternoon, you may be tired or you think, oh, it's, I can't, I can't learn this new thing now. I'll do it in the morning. Right. So it's, even if you just have one person, 
having effective systems and processes not only allow you to leave work fresh and start refreshed, but it also builds on your strengths and then allows you brain power so that you can at four o'clock in the afternoon do something creative instead of being zapped by then. Yeah, I love that. And I agree with that. And I, and I like um, that you talked about the creativity because especially yeah. in, I mean, we're a marketing agency, creativity mm-hmm. is kind of what we thrive on. But if we're always stuck in that, what am I, what am I supposed to do next? Or, you know, even I've done this a million times, I just, I'm kind of stuck right now you're losing that opportunity for creativity because your time and energy is going on the the tactical or the administrative things that are just, you know, just as important, but having that process creates efficiency. And nowadays you can find ways with like AI and automation to even expedite that efficiency um, with those processes in order to have more room for creativity. Yeah. Your brain is meant for creating ideas, not for storing them. Another question for you. So what are the three D's and why are they so important? Oh, I love this. So the three D's, I talk about three D's all the time. To me, they are damaging overhead, delayed income and diminished opportunity. And so when you don't have a team that you, you know, at all, a a win team or anyone that you can leverage effectively, what happens is uh, damaging overhead, you'd be the most expensive damaging overhead in your company. So say, Lori, whatever package you sell, let's keep the math really simple and say you sell a package for $100. Mm-hmm. When you're saying, okay, I'll just stay an extra hour or two and then you get caught in that chaos, the hamster wheel of admin, admin um, you know, you're not bringing in that $100. You're not doing all that you need to be doing with the sales and the networking or whatever. So you are costing your business a hundred bucks an hour because you're not bringing in business. So you are the most damaging overhead in your business, right? So now let me mind if you've just brought in one package or one client and if they gave you one referral. So you're the most damaging overhead. Then delayed income is because you're trapped in the chaos of admin. What if you got a client in June that you could have had in January, right? And you're like, oh, So now we're looking at delayed income because you're trying to do it all. You're juggling it. You don't have an effective team. You don't have systems and processes in place. You don't have a win team. And then I think the most painful one of them all is diminished opportunity. When somebody says, oh my gosh, Lori, I wish I, I I didn't know you did this. I just hired somebody last week. We're locked in. Oh, the lifetime value of that client. And again, referrals and other things that could come from it. It's incredibly costly. And this is what's happening. The three D's when you are just not leveraging your talent, your creativity, scaling your business, because you're just in that hamster wheel of admin work, the web of admin, I call it. Oh, I love that. I'm just sitting here going, yep, yep. I'm, I'm, hearing, <laughs> I'm hearing you loud and clear. <laughs> um, wow. Yeah. Thank you for that. Those are, those are great um, items of damaging overhead, delayed income and diminished opportunity. I think every opportunity, Every entrepreneur has probably checked those boxes at some point in their entrepreneurial journey and, and probably multiple at the same time, I'm sure. Um, all right. So we're I, oh, sorry. May, may I, oh, sorry. I just yeah. want to add to that because yeah. I think it's really important. Don't get confused when you have a team 
with what I call a win team. So you may have one or two people and then just be mindful. You may think, oh, they're highly productive. They're really effective and everything I throw at them, they just get stuff done. But you're still doing that at hamster wheel thing. So those three Ds can still be in place even when you have a team because you're not building any momentum. You should constantly be compressing your work, right? We call that the 60-40 formula. You should be in admin mode 40% of the time and creative mode and other ambitions 60% of the time. And you should always, because you, I'm sure you could list five big projects you have right now, Lori. Like, I, you know, we're starting to talk about our second book. Well, where's that time going to come from? I have to be able to compress some of the work so that I then have more space on my calendar, right? So yep. just be mindful. Those three Ds aren't just, if you don't have a team, they're also, how, how can we make your team more effective? Yep. Yep. Love that. I think that's, um, extremely powerful to really lean into your team so that you have the time and yeah. the capacity to do those big brain thinking type of things because yeah. we don't give ourselves enough time to be able to do that. And that's, those are our, that's our power. That's our strength, right? Yeah. Is the big brain thinking. Um, love that. Or the freedom right. to do amazing things like this. Like, you know, I need to be here. I need to do this. Totally. I love doing this. So clearly I need room on my calendar to be able to do things like this. And my team can take care of the admin chaos. <laughs> All right. I'm going to ask you a fun question. Chris. Okay. If you could go back to your 20 year old self, what would you tell yourself to do more of less of or differently with regards to your professional career? Okay. Well, that is really a timely question because we have just created this quiz after working with hundreds of entrepreneurs. Um, I have noticed that they fall into one of five categories. So we call it your power personality. And my personality from doing the quiz, and you guys can have it, it's free gift from chris.com. It's in there, free F-R-E-E gift from chris, K-R-I-S.com. It takes like 30 seconds. You get customized results with, you know, with things that lean into your superpower and help you avoid your kryptonite. For me, I'm a recovering rushaholic. Everything was in a rush. And I thought that was my superpower. I thought, oh, I get stuff done really fast. I go, go, go. Nobody gets as much done as me. But I was always in a race and a panic to get to the next thing. What I didn't understand was I was skimming over details. There was no depth. There was no traction to ideas. It was just a sort of a surface level uh, and an adrenaline high of just throwing things off the to-do list and stuff like that. So learning to slow down and that being speed is not my superpower might've changed my entire life. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Yeah, that wow. Yeah, that is that is great. I love that piece of advice there. Um, I'm going to give you the opportunity to interview me. What's something that you'd like to ask me, Chris? Oh wow, there we go. That's been, what has been your biggest high? And although I'm a very positive person, I guess I don't want to say your biggest low. What's your biggest high and your biggest lesson in your business career? That's a good one. Okay. Thanks. <laughs> uh, definitely make, makes me think through things here. The biggest high in the career. Um, what I, I know, I know what this is. So, um, and it happened, I guess, maybe in the last two years here. Um, there's an organization that I've been a member of for quite some time called Agency Management Institute. I don't know if you're familiar with it or not. Um, it's it's for the marketing industry. 
Um, and the gentleman who runs it, um, it, he has like masterminds and peer groups for marketing agency owners, but he also has workshops and um, that he teaches year round to not just the owners, but to also um, the various team members for the various roles within the organization. Um, and he asked me to take over teaching um, the AE bootcamp workshops, which are account executive bootcamp workshops. And um, not only was I, I flattered, I was flattered that out of, you know, he's got this huge network of marketing agency owners and I was the person that he reached out to, but um, education and teaching is a core personal value of mine. And it just kind of really um, made me feel good and proud about myself that I, I got to, um, I get to do this amazing thing and help mentor and educate and encourage, you know, up and coming um, marketing professionals to just be awesome and do better at their roles. Well, that is something to be proud of. Good for you. That is quite exciting. And yes, you're right. There's many to choose from. So hats off to you that you were chosen. Obviously, you, you know, what you're working hard on is uh, is being put out there effectively because they recognize that. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I appreciate your sharing the, um, instead of saying it's a low, but the biggest lesson learned. And <laughs> um, this one, um, it. So I, I was actually reflecting back on this fairly recently, but um, it, it was a big lesson for me as a leader uh, right after my, I'd say about a year, year and a half after my father unexpectedly passed away. Um, I, there was one day in the business where I had uh, three team members and, you know, we're a small team to begin with. We were a team of eight or nine at the time, three team members on the same day all resigned um, mm. so, you know, that was a really challenging moment for me as, um, a leader and a, a business owner. And I realized that I was not in the best mental state. I was still kind of grieving my, my late father, um, which, you know, I, I will forever mm. continue to grieve him, but I, I was still learning my emotions and I wasn't necessarily, you know, the, the bright, smiling, positive face in the office. Mm -hmm. So I learned that my energy ah. is, is exuded to the rest of the team. So I yes. have to, I have to bring, I have to bring it every day, regardless of what's really happening, you know, in my personal world, I have to, I have to be the energy and the motivation for my team. And, and I do, everyone struggles with that, but um, that was a huge lesson for me. That is, I can really relate to that. Even what I have learned is you are responsible for the energy you bring to the room. Mm -hmm. And I had a lesson similar to that on a much, much smaller scale. And it was something as simple as I was going on a business trip and somebody said, oh, the week before is going to be rough. And I'm like, well, what do you mean? It's like, oh, well, you run around in, in a panic when you have to like to get everything done before the trip. And so as a recovering Russiaholic, I now learn like, even if I have a team meeting or I feel like, oh, I, you know, whatever, I feel rushed. I will sooner cancel the meeting than show up rushed because I am now in my head screaming, can they not talk quicker? Go, go. We got to get this done. I have to get to that thing. You know what I mean? And so even at the most micro level, you're right. You really permeate the room that you're in. So mm -hmm. it, it does make such a difference on the smallest scale. So that's that has been a lesson for me as well. Yeah. And just, just a little side note with the, like, uh, I travel a lot and it sounds like you do too, or you did at one point for your career. Um, yeah, I, I do tend to like rush beforehand, yeah. but I, I yeah. try to slow down, um, because that, you know, slow down and step back and, and get some clarity on not only what do I need to do now before I leave, but I really try to set myself up for success when I return so that mm -hmm. I'm not scrambling 
going, what the heck was I working on? What I need to do? Like just really even take the time to map out what my calendar is going to look like for the first, you know, two or three days when I come back from something so that I'm ready to go. And even, you know, getting ahead on some tasks so that I'm not freaking out or scrambling to get some stuff done. And sometimes I surprise myself like, oh, I already did that. Cool. Good job, Lori. <laughs> yeah, we have, I call it, you have to slow down to speed up. And because yep. I call it snow banking, if you're shoveling snow, you just pile it high on both sides. It doesn't go away. And mm -hmm. so if you're not careful, whether it's vacation or a business trip, you can then snow bank before and after, which again, does not help you. Right. So Correct. I totally agree. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that. Chris, do you have any final words of wisdom that you'd like to share with our listeners? I just think business should be fun. And if not, why didn't, you know, you could have stayed at a job that probably paid or had less overhead and better hours because there's mm -hmm. laws in the land to protect you from working insane hours that you would put upon yourself. So, you know, business should be fun. It should support your life instead of consume it. And definitely check out our quiz. People are finding it incredibly helpful to lean into their superpower and know their kryptonite. And whether you've got focusitis or you're a perfectionizer, check it out at <laughs> freegiftfromchris.com. That's awesome. We'll definitely include that information in the show notes. Speaking of, if anyone is interested in getting in contact with you, what is the best way that they can reach you? Yeah, I'm on all the socials, but like you, I'm a big fan of LinkedIn. You know, send me a message and say you heard me on Lori's fantastic podcast and we'll become quick friends. And yeah, I'd love to, I'd love to connect. Awesome. Thank you so much. Chris, thanks so much for being on the show. Um, definitely uh, enjoyed the conversation and um, we'll be in touch. All right. This wraps up our episode of Social Capital. A huge thank you to Chris for taking the time to connect with us. If you have a burning marketing or relationship question, reach out. I'd love to answer it on the show. And as mentioned before, connect with me, connect with Chris on LinkedIn. Definitely looking to hearing from you. And I hope you enjoyed today's show. So go out there and get noticed. That's all for this episode of the Social Capital Podcast. Visit socialcapitalpodcast.com for show notes, more episodes, and to see who will be on the show next. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next episode.